Good evening and welcome back to another edition of the JMU Sports Blog Podcast. I'm Todd. I'm joined as always by my buddy Rob. What's going on, Rob? Nothing. How are we doing tonight? Oh, we're doing pretty well. The uh, internet's 19th best college football podcast is back at you this week. Yes. So, yes. Um, 19th best spring college football. I, I, oh, no. All we might be the, the internet's only spring college football <laughs> podcast. Um, Rob, I do have some beer talk. We haven't done beer talk in a while, but. Um, I'm really excited. I saw Three Floyds has local distribution now. Yes. Um, yes. This is Dreek's, like, you know, Indiana Lake House family. Mm-hmm. Yeah, his big special. And then also Bearded Iris from Nashville. Are you drinking it's, a zombie dust? Yes. This yeah. thing is awesome. Really good. Really good. Like, I Really good. It's it like a the, throwback. It's a throwback IPA. No, it's oh, not a juice bomb. It's no. just a little bit. Of, uh, I got a six pack of that yeah. from my local bottle shop. Yeah. Last weekend, mm-hmm. and I still had one left over. I had it Friday night. I found it in the fridge. I was like, "Ooh, nice surprise!" I thought I'd finished <laughs> the entire six pack earlier, but no, yeah. that is a damn good beer. Yeah, I didn't know. Drink like I, he always talked about three Floyds, and I, and this was the only one available at my local yeah. shop, and so I just grabbed it. I didn't realize that this was like their like beer, a, like their flagship. flagship beer. Yeah, and I'm like, this is really good. Yeah, yeah. I, I so. don't they have like a dark lord or they've got I think some so. some yeah. other like crazy special release day that people line up for but yeah i had that first time last week and and really was impressed because i'd been hearing about it from people like Drake or reading about it online mm-hmm. for damn near a decade i think mm-hmm. and i didn't even know it was in virginia anymore and bells is back i saw yeah. it oh, even oh yeah. that's been yeah. great to have them back and just yeah. be able to pick up two hearted at the giant like yep. safeway you know like yeah. yeah it's terrific yeah yeah so um that's good. Good beer talk here. Um, we are going to do approach this show tonight. Like football is coming back this weekend. We it is. Know, be positive. Be positive. Be positive. <laughs> right. Um, we're time stamping this on Monday night. We're recording this um, during this wild tournament that is very, seems very analogous to the wild FCS season so far. Yes. Um, so as you said, we felt terrible for VCU. I mean, it sucks to make the tournament and then go out like that. You know, I, yeah, I, I mean, I wouldn't wish wish that on Richmond. You know, uh-uh. like that that is just a terrible thing. Mm-hmm. Um, we can talk about the weirdness and the this, the whole faux amateurism and all that crap going on, but the fact is, this is a tournament that many of us dreamed about playing in our entire lives, <laughs> yes. and a select few actually, you know, achieved that dream and to have it ripped out. You know, was it? It was during their pregame meal. I think yeah. they found out. So they went through the whole thing and to go through the whole rigmarole all year, go through all the protocols, do whatever they can. And then just to get hit with three cases uh, between Thursday and Saturday, that's just heartbreak. I really, my heart goes out to all those players and coaches who got that close. I mean, it's like, it's like Moonlight Graham and Field of Dreams. You know, you get your one shot and then it just, it's ripped away. (sighs) Feels like that for so many of these players. And yeah. Yeah. Um, But yeah, it's just wild results. It's been, I got to admit, we both, Rob, we talked last week, we weren't that, you know, we were a little like, eh, we haven't watched much college hoops this year other than JMU. We weren't that excited, fun. but it's fun to have the tournament. Right? Yeah, yeah, it is. It it's really fun. is. And I think this odd schedule has actually made it a little more like having it span the weekend and then have games again today was kind of fun. You yeah, know? it was kind of neat. Yeah, but um, hopefully we get back to normal next year. Um and the women's tournament going on as well, um, despite the NCAA's best efforts to not have the women's tournament. I did see, 
I did see Kirby Burkholder got interviewed a little bit about not only some like overseas player issues, but also some like discrepancies in the men's and women's game issues. I mean, so. the weight room thing was just an absolute catastrophe. Like I, for people who don't know what we're talking yeah. about, uh, a woman from Oregon, I believe. Yeah, I think so. Tweeted out like, Hey, take a look at, at our weight room. And it was one rack of dumbbells. And they were like little sad dumbbells. Little sad, like, like sad ones. Like, they look like, like the, the ones kind you, you have in like a jazzercise class. Yes, in the exactly. Yeah, it, looks like, like, it looks like the aerobics ones. Yeah. Um, and the NCAA was just like, it, it was literally worse than doing nothing. It was. It was, what, it was everything it was, they said made it worse. Made it worse. It <laughs> yes. would have been better if they just said like, oh, you know what? We did not, we ran out of time to, to even give you guys a gym. Sorry about it. Like, yeah. But to do that pathetic gym and then say, we don't have enough space. And then you turn the camera around. And it's like a giant ballroom. And then you see the men's weight room, which looks like something you'd find at a at a college facility. Yes. You know, top of the line. I mean, it's just just brain dead. It is like, just mind boggling. It's just mind boggling. Like, how can you have a job and be like, oh, this seems legit. Yeah, let's give them three dumbbells for a total of 14 pounds right. for 64 oh. teams to share. And to not think that that was going to get out and be a mini scandal. That they well, and then that also led to like, all. it wasn't just the weight room right no that would have been bad enough but then it turned out food the food and more than anything the type of testing yeah so the men were getting the pcr test and the women were getting the rapid test so nobody has any idea what's going on right i mean that just seems like okay now we're like way off oh it just it's just a colossal blunder you you wonder how these people can do anything anything at all it's like just not playing event, but you, a, yeah. you wonder how they can even find their way to the office. It's actually unbelievable. And I saw, I, I think it was Khalil, one of our former Breeze people said something this week about like comparing FIFA and the NCAA and like, how do both of these organizations continue to be allowed to run what are clearly like full corruption factories, like yeah. and have no, like seem to have no interest in the sport itself in either case, you know, like it's just crazy. Um, so, uh, yeah, enough yelling about the tournament. Uh, we were excited, Rob. I did see Greg Medea put out that it, he was seeking questions for um, the po- his podcast this week. So that led me to believe that there's some optimism for a game this weekend at William & Mary. Yeah. Um, it seemed like, uh, you know, we'd heard, I think, over the weekend a little bit that the team was going to practice in some form today. I don't know if that happened or not, but they were hoping to find out tomorrow. So, you know, we'll see. Um, I don't know who's allowed. I, you know, we don't know the first thing. I do know for anyone that didn't pay attention to the details over the last two weeks, JMU went from one initial confirmed cases case that Bourne thought came out of a player living in the dorm. And that exploded to 12 positive tests and 28 people in the contact tracing program. Um, so that's no joke. Like, yeah, that's significant. It, yeah, and it's like for all the people in the, for example, the Val- Missouri Valley media who sort of had takes a couple weeks ago when JMU didn't look so good in the first three weeks and then had a COVID issue, it's like, come on now. Like, yeah. <laughs> be serious. Like, just yeah. everybody take a step back and nobody's at fault and there's no judgment here. So, yeah, I, I don't know. Hopefully they can play. Rob, I mean, William & Mary – destroyed elon this week though. destroyed them so, ran like, all over them <laughs> ran all over them um i Their running really back had know. like a, three yeah. touchdowns 130 something yards on 10 carries yeah did so i see that I, right I mean, yeah and 
I'm not Ooh. looking for like I hope that JMU if they can play is at relatively full strength because uh, given that result I would not be looking forward to this trip to Williamsburg in quite the way that I thought I would have been at the start of the season, right? No, I think everything we thought we knew about the CAA going into the spring mm-hmm. is wrong. Right. It's just dead wrong. Uh, we all thought JMU and Villanova were going to steamroll their respective divisions. Um, that has not proved. JMU is still unscathed at this point. Mm-hmm. A couple of close shaves and, and people know our thoughts on that, how they've struggled, but they've won. Mm-hmm. Villanova has not been as fortunate. Mm-hmm. Um, Rhode Island and Delaware appear to be the, the cream of the crop. And I'm, I'm calling it now. I don't think this Delaware team's a fluke. No. I, I think I we were saying before we started the record. They've been building. They've got a couple of transfers at key positions this year, mm-hmm. including a quarterback who came from Maryland and I think even was at Tennessee before that. Mm-hmm. Uh, they had a they had a competitive team last year. Yep. The results did not come through, but they were competitive into the fourth quarter mm-hmm. of most games. I, I, we can go back and look it up, but I want to say they they had what maybe like four one score games. Like well, and it felt like the talent was starting to be a starting to turn there again, starting yeah. to turn. Um, so I don't know. Like they, I think they could be this year's Albany, the team that everybody under underappreciates or just completely overlooks. Right. That ends up taking a playoff spot. Who knows how it's going to work out this year? You know, with it being the spring, but I think they're going to finish. You know, with a winning record and certainly at the very least build some momentum for the fall. Yeah, and and Rhode Island. I mean, they what they've beaten Villanova and Albany. I think. Yeah. Right. So two legit wins. I yeah. also saw uh, Rhode Island this weekend. Ran. I don't know if you saw this, Rob. They ran a quarterback draw run pass like a quarterback draw run pass option, option. yeah i, I saw it like, on twitter like kind of like a jump you know like the old tebow jump pass except yeah. not like it was more of I, I don't even know how to describe it it was a very <laughs> creative play like yeah. yeah and i was like this is pretty exciting so yeah everything is not what it appeared to be um ndsu seems to be back from the dead as always yeah. Um, after imagine a big, that. Imagine that a big win over North Dakota this weekend. Um, but the FCS uh, scoreboard looks just like this wild NCAA tournament, mm-hmm. where you know a Nichols team that looked pretty decent through the beginning part of the season let Sam Houston hang seventy something on them. <laughs> like I don't, you know, there's Sam just, Houston's a problem. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there it's just so. But I don't know. But and I have no we, idea when, and when but they're Sam Houston. going to have the same COVID things that, yes, they're yeah. Sam Houston. And when are they going to have the same problems that JMU had? Who knows what's going on? So yeah. um, I think the thing I'm most looking forward to, Rob, I don't know if you have anything, but I'm just, it's always hard to tell from the fans' perspective um, how to gauge this, but I'm just looking forward on the kids who get the opportunity to play this weekend. If the team gets the opportunity to play, you know, how excited, how engaged, how, you know, ready to go are they? I mean, because I, I don't, you know, we've heard nothing but rumors in terms of like what players have been affected by this whole mm-hmm. last couple of weeks. And so I don't know what the starting lineup will look like. And I'm not sure that we will know that until Thursday or Friday at the earliest. Yeah. Um, so I don't really care, like, who the starting quarterback is, who the starting middle linebacker, you know, I, I just care if the kids that are able to play seem like they were happy to have made the trip to Williamsburg. Um, because I, you know, we've we just saw, I think another team didn't, what Indiana, who 
Illinois, Illinois State just packed up and went home after this yeah. last week, right? And it's just like that's the kind of thing I've been we you and I expressed concern about prior to the spring season was when a team is struggling and things don't go well, you know, do people lose the desire to finish the season? And for JMU, they have not had a, you know, they have, they, as much as we say they've had struggles on the field, they also have three wins. So, Mm -hmm. you know, it was not derailed yet, but it's been derailed off the field. And I, I wonder, I hope the kids are excited to be on the field this weekend is all I can think. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm curious to see what sort of game plan they can come up with and what sort of game plan they can execute because we've seen we've seen the team struggle coming out of the gates where it looks like they don't understand what the game plan is the the offense can't get into sync um, the defense has never been bad it's right. just been so much better after the break you know I think in the first half of most games it, there's usually like what was it against Elon I think there were a couple dumb penalties in the secondary. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there was a, there was like a long, long pass or two in one of the other games. So it's just things haven't been clicking and it looks to be somewhat scheme related in the first half. And then they get it together. If they're going to be shorthanded, people may be, you know, playing, playing up, you know, second twos, twos playing with ones and things like that. Mm-hmm. You really need to have a tight game plan and you need to go back to that assignment football, which is something we talked about prior to the season. Mm-hmm. So I just, I'm, I think this is some ways a really good opportunity to refocus and get people playing as a unit, maybe to focus more on the mental preparation. Uh-huh. If you're not getting as many reps and maybe it's more film room and stuff like that. But I think this is, this is just an opportunity to, to come out with a better scheme and a better approach and play more team football. I I'm trying to look at this as, Hey, this might be the kind of positive spin of the situation. It's almost like a refresh. Let's start over. We won our first three games won that first three-game season. Now we've got a much tougher conference slate than anybody anticipated. And we've Mm -hmm. got a set of circumstances that is making it tougher than anybody anticipated. So everybody needs to step up, come together, and really prepare and do their jobs. Mm -hmm. This might be just what this team needed because they did not look focused. They did not look like they were taking the opponent seriously the first two CAA games. So maybe this will be a wake-up call and get everything into gear. That would be nice. I I certainly hope so. I I don't think we have... You know, I don't, we don't have particular things to look That's a good way of looking at it, Rob, not yeah. particular players. Cause we just don't, we don't know enough. Yet. We don't know who's there. We don't know who's there. And, and yeah. I don't, you know, other than knowing William and Mary broad strokes and that they crushed Elon this week and seem to be running the ball all over the place. I, I don't know what to, <laughs> I don't know what to look out for necessarily. Yeah. So, and everybody's yeah. focusing on, on the positive aspect of this COVID with athletes where we haven't seen any pro athletes or college athletes get very, very sick. So everybody's like, oh, it's a quick recovery. But then if you read stories, some of these guys, when they come back, they say it's not easy, you know, to get yeah, their wind yeah. back and things like that. So I think we tend to gloss over the challenges of recovering, even from a mild or asymptomatic case. Yeah. We're like, oh, they're back on the court. They're fine. And some of these athletes are saying, no, I'm not fine. Right. I'm exhausted or I'm absolutely gassed mm-hmm. after two times down the court or, or a couple reps. So, um, this is not going to be easy. It wasn't going to be easy anyway, right. but then you get hit with COVID and it's, it's going to be a challenge. Yeah. I've wondered about that in terms of like, could football potentially be, I don't know, slightly easier if you have a large roster just to yeah. go in spurts. Like I, we, I think we've seen in basketball at both the pro and college level, uh, uh, you know, any of the sort of endurance 
sports, you know, mm-hmm. cardio type things, it's really difficult yes. on some of these guys. I mean, we all the way back to like Russell Westbrook in the bubble and stuff. I mean, mm-hmm. we've seen some guys really struggle who, who we know are like world, world class, you know, fitness gurus and mm-hmm. athletes, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, not, not people you would expect. So, I mean, we've seen it with uh, Sam Sonoff and the Caps, mm-hmm. like has talked about it, you know, just trying to come back. Like it was one thing to say, mentally, I'm ready to play, like I'm safe. And it was a whole nother thing to be like, I'm in game shape again. Yeah. Um, so this will be a big challenge. We'll see what the Dukes can do this weekend. Yeah. Um, it's going to be tough. Yeah. So that's really, I mean, I think all we have on football, right? I mean, I, I we want to go around the other sports here, unless you've got anything else there, Rob. No, um, just, no. Uh, I, yeah. I think in the North, it's interesting to see Rhode Island mm-hmm. and Delaware appears to be back. I don't mm-hmm. know if that's just them clicking and them being more dialed in for the spring, but they seem to be trending back towards the old Delaware program, which for younger fans might not realize this, but Delaware was in many ways the class of the CAA for sure for, for a number of years, um, mm-hmm. really before JMU came and won its national championship. And then it kind of opened things up to the league. You had, mm-hmm. you know, Richmond made a run to the championship one year, Nova won one, Towson made a run to the championship and the whole league. But that was kind of, you know, riding on, on the tails of Delaware for a while. Delaware was the top team. And then they really fell off. Um, and it was great. You know, it was, yeah. <laughs> it was, they're kind of, a, they're a fun yeah. team to root against because they do have fans while they're old and kind of dying. Right. They are passionate. You know, it's a school that does care about football. So it's yeah. fun to kind of, you know, poke at them and do it. But it's also probably better for the CAA when Delaware's good. And yeah, I think so. We have, we have reason to believe that Rocco might be turning this thing around. Um, maybe it's just the spring, but I, I wouldn't bet against them. That's a program with a lot of resources, a lot of support, and a lot of history, yeah. and and they they appear to be the real deal this year. So yeah, that's and exciting. It's probably too early to make any like huge judgments on either group. But I, one thing that's for sure is I don't think anything in the CAA is what we expected it to be, except for Delaware. Like yeah. like we thought Delaware was going to be pretty good. They looked to be pretty good. Yeah. We thought the North was going to be like a bloodbath, but as it turns out, like Stony Brook looks Terrible. lost, yeah. right? And New Hampshire, Albany, Vill- Villanova is probably not the team we expected them to be, um, you know, and we'll see if like Rhode Island can, can make it hold up. And then the same thing in the South in um, JMU side of the bracket. I mean, we thought Richmond and William and Mary were going to be terrible and, who knows, right? I mean, I I don't know what to say yet. So, um, yeah, it will be interesting. I really hope teams get to play. It's been a few games missed. I hope the teams. Um, it, it looks like there's going to be opportunities for, and there may even be an opportunity in that last week. You know, even if JMU can't play one of the South teams again, like make up one of the missed games from the last two weeks, it's possible they have an opportunity to make it up against the North team. Um, there's some talk of that out of the league office over the last couple of weeks. So that would be interesting too. Um, especially if Jamie got to play like a Delaware, for example, that would be really yeah. exciting. Um, so we'll see what happens down the road. Uh, the other teams are managing cancellations as well as we are. So, uh, that's about it for football. Uh, hopefully we'll have lots more to talk about next week. Um, that football segment was brought to you by Mossy Creek Fly Fishing in Harrisonburg, Virginia. You can go by the fly shop anytime, mention the podcast. You will get a free Mossy Creek sticker. Um, and it's just beautiful weather. I think I got a little sunburn this weekend, Rob. I'm, it's time to get out there, you know? So yes. yes. Uh, go and see the guys at the shop, um, sign up for lessons, book them, 
you'll probably be a month out. You've got a book of like a month out now. So go get in there and figure it out. Um, thanks to Mossy Creek. Uh, just to go around the, you know, the JMU sports landscape of this weird week. Rob, softball swept ECU. They are 9-0, and exactly what we talked about last week. Yeah. Um, this is really exciting. We said if they could start putting up some big numbers, um, you know, in the win column, maybe people will take advantage. Um, they are crushing the ball. I can't believe their Kate Gordon is hitting leadoff in a lot of these games. Mm-hmm. I feel like, you know, I, I don't know the ins and outs of how to build your softball lineup. Like, you know, like we, at least in a traditional sense, like baseball. So maybe they want the power hitter up front for more chances, but um, they got a lot of kids hitting and it's exciting to see them off to a great start. The schedule is not strong. Uh, so they've no, got to keep it They up. really need to, to put up big numbers and they really need to get sweeps of ECU is about as good as they're going to get on the schedule, yeah. I believe. Yeah. So it was nice that they swept them. And uh, really at this point, I think it's about not slipping up more than mm-hmm. anything. I, th- there aren't a lot of names or teams on that schedule that are going to move the needle. So uh-huh. they just need to take care of business and then, you know, cruise through CA play and, and then see where they go from there. Yeah. Um, another team, high hopes and high expectations for, uh, as always is uh, women's lacrosse. And, you know, they destroyed GW last week after we talked and then they sort of got handed, got it handed to them in the made up game at North Carolina this weekend. Um, I will say, you know, North Carolina's number one team in the country. They I, they beat High Point by a worse score than like they're doing this to a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't think there's shame in that. But I only in the in the big loss to Carolina. But this is the week. The next two games are the season for the women's part. I don't know like how what the structure of the tournament is, but they get one more big opportunity. They have rescheduled the game with Virginia. Cavaliers are coming to Centera Park this Friday at five. Um, that's on the LAC Sports Network too, so it's free instead of Flow, uh, which is great. And then, so Virginia's number eight in the country. This is the last real opportunity for a big one uh, for this program. And then they go to Liberty next Wednesday on ESPN Plus, which is also kind of cool. So you know, another potential opportunity for fans to see them in a non-Flow mm-hmm. setting. Um, but those are their last two out of conference games and then they just run through you know Hofstra a couple times against William and Mary Elon Towson I mean Towson and Elon are both ranked at this point so it's not like there aren't you know there seems to be some respect for the CAA but this Virginia game is big and just they need to play um you know they need to play well win or lose in this game and play competitively because uh, they're just the schedule gets real short real fast especially if there's any more you know, I, I we think we hope that when our the JMU lacrosse team has been through COVID and is now on the other side, um, but it doesn't mean their opponents won't hit a snag along the way. Mm-hmm. So big win, big opportunity for them this Friday. Um, and you know, there's a few fans out there, so go see them play UVA if you can. <laughs> yeah, uh, same thing. Uh, most pleasant surprise of the spring, Rob, is the volleyball team. Um, who's off to a really strong start. They are five and one this spring and they're just playing well. And it's so weird. I, the one thing I, I bring them up, they go to Elon on Wednesday and then they come home uh, for two games against William and Mary or two matches against William and Mary this weekend. So a lot of opportunities for them to keep piling up wins as well. 
Rob, the one thing that was weird to me, I did notice, did you see volleyball? They wear masks. Yeah. In the game. I saw that. And I, I just was confused. Like, not that it doesn't, like, I don't care one way or the other, but it's just so, the whole, it, again, the NCAA at its best. Like, I'm like, so the basketball team doesn't, yeah. doesn't do this, but the Got volleyball, it. like, why does the, I, I have no idea how these decisions are getting made. It's all, yeah. I just continue I, to be confused by the decision. Well, is it voluntary or is it mandatory? That's what I was wondering. Maybe, I thought maybe it was voluntary because I know, like, in the high school level, there have there even in basketball there were a lot of teams. I think East Rocking. I had seen a couple of the local teams that had chosen to wear masks throughout the season in basketball, like in the winter sports, and I it, it was clear it wasn't. Yeah, so I have no idea. But yeah, I <laughs> in, noticed in that either too, case, it just seems like what are we doing? What are we doing here? Mm-hmm. Um, and then I did see uh, field hockey started. They did get a win over William and Mary, and they lost to UVA. But I probably no shame in that. Um, Win over William Mary in that sport is always pretty good for that program. So just that was the last team to get started. Uh, we don't need to talk about baseball. They have COVID. They're not good. Um, no. Hopefully, they'll the, get the big one that that you're forgetting yeah. is women's tennis knocked off William oh, Mary. I forget it. Yes, Shelley. Coach Shelley. I mean, this was this was really big. If you don't understand, William and Mary is a CA dynasty. Mm-hmm. Um, JMU knocked them off to win the title in 2019. And I believe it was the first time Jamie had ever beaten William Mary, or or one of the first. You know, yeah, it was. Well, it was the first time they'd ever. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, and then they did it again this year, and they beat them seven nothing over the weekend. So William and Mary does not lose many matches in CA play. I mean, they were an absolute dynasty. Had won it multiple years in a row. So that is a big, big win. You know, coming off the 2019 season, which was Mm -hmm. kind of like Leicester winning the Premiership. You know, it was against all odds. Huge, huge underdogs, and it was great. But they're they're walking the walk and backing it up, you know, defending the title. So I thought that was really exciting to see over the weekend. Good to see. Yes, congrats, Coach Shelley. Um, friend of the pot has been on here before with Rob. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, uh, yeah, it would, would be nice to see them keep going. I wonder, Rob. You know, we've joked over the years about the uh, the new facility over mm-hmm. there, the East Campus Courts, where we yeah. park in D lot. I wonder if that's helped them. I mean, I have to think that's helped just being able to practice consistently. I, I'm sure they had somewhere else they went, but who knows? Anyways, facilities always help. <laughs> Sorry. Yes. Um, oh, by the way, on the tournament, Rob, before we go away from, you know, into overtime here. So, you know, they're playing the whole men's tournament in Indianapolis and they're using venues around the state of Indiana. Um, some of which are not anywhere near Indianapolis, but it did occur to me, and it just made me think how lucky we are. So Hinkle Fieldhouse, where Butler plays, the legendary arena from Hoosiers, is perfect in every way. Yeah. It's gorgeous. There's windows. The light streams in. It looks incredible. It looks the same way as Hoosiers. I, I would love to play there. But they talk in Indiana like the, all of these venues are so storied. And they keep going to Assembly Hall at IU and Mackey Arena at Purdue. And both of those are hot garbage. They're both <laughs> terrible arenas. Like I, I know that those fans like have warm memories, but they're they're just trash. And it made me think about like how bad the convo was, and how what made me realize how bad those arenas are is how good the new arena at JMU looked on TV this year. Yeah, right. And we, I was like, man, we looked legit. And then this tournament, you go from like Hinkle, or they're playing some games where the Pacers play, you know, so real fancy NBA arena. And then they switch over to like this weird round Purdue Mackey arena. 
yeah. that looks like the old UVA building. And it's just so terrible. <laughs> like, I'm like, oh, thank goodness we got a new building. It's also really weird playing in the Colts stadium with no fans. Like, I, I think it's that odd. I, I've never loved the idea of playing basketball and football stadiums. Mm-hmm. But it's really weird when it's empty. Well, it's funny because I'm making fun of like Indian and Purdue, but it is cool seeing tournament games in actual basketball venues. Oh, it's some great. of these games, I yeah, because you're right. They, it, it, they it should sucks. play like do a, do the final in Madison Square Garden. Or, or I went to the final four at the Metrodome in Minneapolis, mm-hmm. the old Metrodome, and I mean, honestly, our seats were two like a half a mile away, like yeah. from the court. Like it's so ridiculous. Like yeah, and they put and, the students on the floor, but it goes back like you know, 50 yards. You can't, I just, it doesn't look like a great, I'm sure it's like thrilling, but it doesn't look like a terrific spectator experience. No, actually, I think that the the tournament so far, you know, with the limited fans has been a pretty good, it's been, it's felt more um, atmosphere than I noticed at most of the NFL games, for example. Yeah, I'd agree with that. You know, like I, I, that has been kind of cool. There's at least, some people able to cheer and, and that kind of stuff. So yeah, uh, have enjoyed that. Rob, I got a quick overtime tonight. I don't know, you know, that was our old guys leave roundup there. And the, yeah. this this overtime brought to you by Home Field Apparel, <laughs> which, which I'm excited about. Todd, I think I told you I'm wearing my new Home Field hoodie. Yeah, Dukes of JMU um, comes from Home Field Apparel, a premium collegiate apparel brand out of Indianapolis. These, this stuff really is as comfortable as they say. I absolutely love mine. It is terrific. I've got a hoodie. I've got a t-shirt. Um, I will be ordering more stuff. It is fantastic stuff. These guys do their homework, dig deep, really get into the history of the school, the logos. Um, cannot recommend enough. And Jamie Sports Blog podcast listeners get 15% off their first purchase. Just go and enter jamiesportsblog.com at checkout at homefieldapparel.com. Um, give it a go. It really is terrific stuff. It's really cool. And I mean, they have, they're adding schools all the time. So they have like tons of other stuff. Um, if you have anybody you want to, you know, go see. I, I, ever, of course, the, the all, Wayne like, State I mean, stuff is is nice. It's Wayne nice. State is my favorite. I went through, my dad was a professor there. So I, I clicked uh, on it. Really, <laughs> and it actually is really nice stuff. They've got a cool script logo um, in the oh, green gold. Awesome. But a lot of, a lot of it's great, but they really nail certain schools um, with a cool aesthetic. So yeah, it's fun. And I thought it was funny, Rob, we got, you and I got the opposite shirt of what we had initially talked about, right? You wanted the script Dukes and I got the script Dukes and I love it. And you, I wanted the crazy looking Duke dog. And um, then I went for that one. And that's the one you got. And it's so cool. So I'm glad it worked out perfect. Um, Yeah. I'm also glad to see, I mean, yours is awesome because that Duke dog is great. It's just awesome. Uh, but I do like adding, I feel like, I wanted to ask you this, Rob. Do you really, I feel like there was more yellow or gold JMU things when we, like, in our day. Back in is the that, day, yeah. Yeah, like more, and now we've kind of gone away and it's like, we, don't get me wrong, I'm the biggest, like, we wear purple all the time. I'm wearing purple head to toe right now. Um, but you know, <laughs> yeah, I got the yellow shirt. I'm kind of glad to have a different looking JMU thing. That's not yeah, just I w- black. I wouldn't mind that. like, I know, I know we do the whiteouts and everything. I wouldn't mind one of these years having a gold game. Gold, yeah, gold would be cool. Yeah, I know the players. I never liked the gold uniforms, the tops, but the player. Yeah. You know, there are people. There are people in our fan base who are extremely intense about the possibility of gold pants. Yeah. Um, 
like like to a level that is probably inappropriate to football pants yeah you know like uh, desire but yeah it's it's really fun um fun to have a, a different take on jmu stuff so go check out home field apparel and use the jmu sports blog code for 15 percent off okay rob i we are old guys <sighs> incredibly we may have a chance to um talk to some young guys in the next week we'll see you guys may see us um uh, popping up elsewhere uh, on our little Rob Stukes Mafia idea, which is awesome. And we'll be putting a link out this week to another charity. It is Giving Day. Uh, I'm glad, Rob, I think we both mentioned before we started tonight that we're kind of glad JMU seems to have turned it, the volume down on that this year a little bit. Yeah. Um, you know, I, not, not that we don't encourage everyone to do it, but I think they have had a I think they've done a good job recognizing they don't want giving day to go away because it's such a fun event in a normal time, but it also this year feels a little, they're handling it with the right amount of intensity, which the right is touch under, underselling it a little bit. So um, if you can, that's great. Uh, but we'll be doing something this week for Williamsburg down in Williamsburg, some kind of food bank this week. We'll have it up on the site later in the week. Uh, check it out when the preview comes out and we might be elsewhere in JMU or JMU adjacent media talking about that later this week. Um, but I did want to say, Rob, so I had been my oldest guy moment in a while, and this is just, <sighs> so, you know, Do I, tell. Uh, no, yeah, I'm I don't, curious. you know, I don't see very well, right. I've worn contacts since I was in the seventh grade or sixth grade or seventh grade um, glasses or contacts in some form. And I hadn't been to the, I had a great eye doctor when I lived in Greensboro and I really liked him and I'd been monitoring my eyes. There was a whole thing with like fluid in the back of my eye. We had to do this thing. And so I was going all the time and then I seemed to have stabilized and I moved back to Virginia and in the, and then it was COVID time. And so I haven't been to the eye doctor in like really about two years now, which for me is terrible because I always have problems and it became a pressing issue over the last two or three months since the new year. I was really struggling. Like I was getting headaches later in the day and I was struggling, you know, I'm at home. I work at, I'm still working from home. So I'm on the computer all day and then watching whatever on my little phone screen. And then at night I was actually, I would wear my distance glasses to see. And I found myself taking them off and reading my Kindle or a book in bed with the book, like right up to my face. But it was worse because if I had the glasses for seeing long distance, like I couldn't, I couldn't read that either. And I was just, I had a headache from the whole thing. So I finally went to a new eye doctor and she was great. Uh, this great little lady that I went to this week. And of course it turns out, she's like, yes, you need to be wearing readers over your, um, over your contacts. You can actually get bifocal contacts, but most people are going to try to resist that for a while. So well, I, I had to go to the, thing. So first of all, I had to buy new long distance glasses, which is old enough. Second of all, I now, my contacts are different prescriptions in the two different eyes now. One of my eyes has actually gotten a little bit better, which I, I guess is so, I don't know. Anyways, it's no wonder I was having so much trouble. The, because they were two different prescriptions, it's also why I was having trouble driving at night because um, I wasn't wearing two different prescriptions. And then I did a very adult thing. I bought... I'd been wearing like knockoff. So COVID the whole like 1-800 contacts or the online people were allowing you to do an online vision test where you like stand 10 feet back from your computer. And, but of course oh, that's it's exactly not accurate. 
Yeah, exactly. But it's the only way you could get like a new prescription to get more, to order more lenses. And of course they'd funneled, unbeknownst to me, I'd been funneled into like a knockoff, like a store brand, like the 1-800 contacts, you know, like, and so they were just shitty contacts and no wonder my eyes were getting dry and they were hurting me all the time. And this, the lady gave me these two to put in the other day at the doctor. And I immediately was like, oh my God, these are great. Where, how do I order a million of these? So I did for the first time in my life. I'm also like in my mid forties, first time in my life, I ordered a year's supply of contact lenses, which Very I've fair. always avoided because it was like too much of an expense. I couldn't really mm -hmm. stomach, even though of course there's like this rebate procedure and it's such a like old man thing, right? The rebate thing is better if you buy the whole year. But then you have to like mail all this and make a copy and sign it. this yeah. thing and do this whole thing. So yeah, I had to do that. Then I went to the drugstore, bought two pairs of readers. So I got those here, Rob. Um, That's what I'm saying. Did you just get them like at CVS at the checkout? I actually got bought one at CVS, but they seemed pricey to me. I, I had never, I had no frame of reference for what readers cost. Um, and then later in the weekend, I was at Lowe's just randomly at Lowe's and they had a cutout of only like $6 readers. And I was like, well, let me buy two more of those. Go for it. Yeah. And then, and I got a pair of um, blue light glasses that are for like reading your screen um, that I didn't know. I also didn't know existed, but that's what the doctor also told me. So now yeah, I, I need like, to look into that. I, I, so it's just, I just, I've never felt older. It was immediately like, Oh, I've just crossed the threshold here. So I have my regular contact lenses, which I can wear. Mm -hmm. And I guess and they get like six other options. Yeah, we're going to need to hear from some other people here because the bifocal contact seems weird to me. Because if you're like biking or golfing or something where you're looking down, like I, I don't know how this all works. Like I, I'm just, that seems terrifying to me to have like bifocal contact lenses that you can only I don't know. At least bifocal glasses, you can like take them off. If you, I don't know. So I don't know. It's uh, I've never had to wear glasses, but I, I think I'm only gonna be able to say that for a little bit longer. I'm yeah, doing the lucky. like moving the book far away, and um, mm -hmm. I'm blaming That's a lot of lighting. Doing. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I'm in. Oh, I'm just a. I'm in this. So I can't. I can't see anything. Just like far away, nearsighted, massively nearsighted. But I'm not at the point where I can hold a book at a normal distance from my face and read without my glasses. So I have to hold it like a foot from my face <laughs> or put my glasses on and hold it like three feet all the way out in my arm. You're getting old. I do think it's a little bit good like on the Zoom call though for work. It, it feels very, um, very lawyerly, right? You're like, I feel oh, like I'm, yeah, gonna, yeah. I'm, I'm definitely going to get into like the affectation of the, the holding the, them, putting the reading glasses on and off to see. Yes. Yes. I, my dad's been doing this in courtroom for like 30 years, even when he doesn't need to just for the, like, I'm old. Everybody give me a minute to collect well, no, my that's, thoughts. Yeah. That's the cool, like finishing move or like right. the move that is not cool is when you and your spouse share them at a restaurant so you can read the menu. Yeah. Like, that's, that's not cool. And you see that a lot. Or like, oh wait, honey, or or getting out the um cell phone light so oh, you can shine yeah. it on the shine it on the menu. That's that definitely gets hot. Well, when my we went out to dinner, cell phone that was, that is ten years old. It's tiny. Yeah, his cell phone. He's never up. You know, he never upgrades the phone if it doesn't break. And mm -hmm. so he he has like the small, the world's smallest cell phone, which is the one we all had like ten years ago. Yep. And then he absolutely needs his glasses to even dial the number. 
Yeah. Right? Like, you know, oh, it's good that we have this to look forward to, Rob. Yes. Yeah. Uh, well, it's coming. This uh, is train I is just, coming I right down the track. Like, I laughed because I thought of you and I was like, this is worse than the hat. Yo, well, I don't know about <laughs> I that. I don't know, but yeah. Oh, I got, I got another trip next week. We got a little family getaway. We're going to go isolate. Oh, good. Um, at a different place by the beach, but I'm sure I will do something to embarrass my children, even though we're not really doing anything other than, you know, going from our house to the kayaks, maybe to the beach and back. So, yeah. We shall see. So someday, someday soon I will be, um, I don't know, I'll be fumbling around in my pockets for these at a, at a game so that I can, you know, so try to hashtag something. Yes, right. Yeah. Like full on Geico commercial that I am here. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, we'll see what happens. But Hopefully that made everybody laugh. It certainly made us laugh at ourselves this week. Um, yes. Thank you to Homefield. Thank you to Mossy Creek. Let's go, Dukes. Get this. Let's play or don't play. This is it, right? They're, if they're playing or the season's over this week, right, Rob? Like, I, I mean, if they say if they say that the season was contingent upon playing for a championship, then yeah, you got to think if you don't play this week, you're. Yeah, you're I mean, they're going to try to play. I'm sure for the sake of the go, other uh, teams, but. And and then look, one thing we'll find out this week and, and whatever weeks they have ahead of them is, you know, they looked really leaderless in that last game out against Elon. And some of the stuff, you know, you don't want to speculate on the COVID situation, but it just, the losses add up over a while. And yeah. Adib and Abos and the guys who got hurt this year, it just, it adds up. And somebody's got to step up. Some of those kids have got to step up and be leaders now um, on and off the field. And it'll be, hopefully they can do it. And uh, Rob, I will, uh, I don't know. I'll talk to you next week. Hopefully we'll, we'll have a real overtime and, and some true four downs to talk about football. Some real football. Hopefully a big win to talk about. Yeah. All right. Talk to you next week, Rob. All right. See you later. Go Dukes. I'm alone.